Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. How are we this morning? We doing well? Good, good. Hey, please grab a seat. Make sure you catch up with someone a little later on. Have a coffee in the coffee shop uh, together. Today we, uh, we finish our Legends of the Faith series and we begin our focus on uh, Gateway Beyond. And I thought that a good way to bring the two of those together the finishing of our Legends of the Faith series and the beginning of our Gateway uh, Beyond Focus. It would just be a, a great way to bring those two together would be to get some of our Gateway Beyond workers from around the world to honour some of our true legends of the faith here at Gateway. You know, the Ascenders group here at uh, Gateway is a group for those who are a little advanced in years and uh, this group for many, many years now has actually just faithfully supported, prayed for, given, sacrificially and encouraged our Gateway Beyond workers. And every time I go and visit them uh, around the world, they all talk to me about the incredible value uh, of, and the blessing of the Ascenders in their lives. And so I've got just a couple of them to uh, share just their thanks to our Ascenders group here at Gateway. Have a look at the screen. Well, what can I say about the Ascenders? 26 years ago when I left for Thailand, you guys were supporting me, and you've been supporting me ever since. Your incredible encouragement and faithful prayer has just been invaluable. I doubt I would have been here this long without you guys. You are absolutely my heroes. Marvel has the Avengers, DC has the Defenders, but Gateway has the Ascenders. My love to you all. Hey, Ascenders, I just want to say a huge thank you for all the support you've given me um, over the years. Uh, yeah, I can't say how much it's meant to me. I think for me it's kind of felt like having my grandparents again who used to pray for me diligently every morning and you know since they've passed I feel like the Ascenders have really taken that place in my life of being my grandparents who I know pray for me um, every day and you know it's just a touchstone um, and very grounding to have that and know that that's there at home. When I think of you lovely Ascenders I think of the Apostle Paul who said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I want to thank you for your many years of prayer and support. You have shown me what it is to run the race and not grow weary. You are my role models, and for you, I am truly grateful. Hey, put your hands together and uh, thank our ascenders. Some of, uh, some of our Ascenders group were here at 8 and some of them are here at 10. If you're part of our Ascenders, can I get you to stand just right now where you are? Come on, jump up on your feet. Put your hands together. Just stay standing just for a second. Marie, back in church for the first time in a number of months. Great to have you here, uh, Marie. Hey, I just want to echo all that was just said on the screen and just no, stay standing just for a moment. 
Come on, back up. That's it. Come on, hold on to your walker. But uh, I'm allowed to say that. Uh, I, I just want to thank you for uh, the incredible way that you have blessed our Gateway Beyond workers. They do constantly say to me, just what you've heard on that screen, you've been an incredible blessing. You have given very, very sacrificially. You have prayed faithfully. And I know your encouraging words mean more to them than what you'll ever understand. Can I just say a huge thank you? You are truly legends of the faith. Come on, put your hands together one more time. Well, in honour of our ascenders today, I'd like us to play a game of Scrabble, because that's what you do when you get old. You drink cups of tea, you eat fruitcake, and you play Scrabble. And so we're going to play uh, some Scrabble up on the, the board today. And Scrabble is a game that involves two opponents competing over the value of a word to determine who will win. Two opponents competing over the value of a word to determine who will win. And if you ever played Scrabble, you know, you kind of get this smug, superior kind of feeling when you come up with a word like ubiquitous. You know, you think, I am on a winner. You know, look at, look at that, you know, kind of word. That's a big word. It's got great value. You know, you think you're on a winner when you come up with a word like that. One of our uh, campus pastors uh, during the week said, uh, used this word and said he wanted to use it in a sermon. And I, I actually didn't know any of our campus pastors had a vocabulary that wide. I, I didn't think any, any of them were that smart. It turns out he had no idea how to spell it and he didn't know what it meant. But he thought it sounded smart and so he wanted to put it in a sermon so his congregation would think he was smart. So if you're ever down at our Ormo campus and, uh, and you hear a sermon about the ubiquitous nature of God... Just remember, he needed to be told how to spell it and what it meant. But it's a, it's a winning kind of word. You get a superior, smug feeling when you come up with a word like that, but then your opponent gets kind of just a short, little word, but it has greater value. And when that happens, you feel like throwing your fruitcake and your cup of tea in your opponent's face because that's annoying. You know, they've come up with a little simple word but it has greater value than your word and they win you know Scrabble Scrabble is a war of words there's two opponents coming together you know fighting over the value of a word and which one has greater value and most power and there's, there's kind of a Scrabble game going on in our head there's a war of words that, that happens in our head all the time. That there are words in, in your head that oppose one another. But unlike Scrabble, where there's a predetermined value to every word, and, and, and that value decides who wins, the, the war of words in, you know, in your head, you get to decide what word has value. You make the decision, you know, what word is going to have greater value and which word will win in any situation. 
You know, the legends of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11 that we've been, uh, been looking at over the last few weeks, they're ordinary people just like you and me. But, but eventually they got to a point where they had incredible faith in the power of God's Word. And, and they stepped out in faith, trusting God's Word, and they saw miraculous things happen, things that they could never have done in their own strength, in their own wisdom. But they trusted the power of God's Word. But they were ordinary people, just like you and me. And thankfully, we get to see something of the war that was going on in their heads. I use the word eventually they trusted in the power of God's word because just like us, there was a war going on. And God needed to convince them time and time again of the power of his word. You know, Gideon just gets a little brief mention in Hebrews chapter 11. He just gets mentioned with a whole, you know, bunch of others. And the story of Gideon is a story of a war of words. He's living in a time when Israel has been disobedient to God. And it says that so many Midianites invaded the promised land that they were too vast to count. It was kind of like locusts just invading their land. There was too many of them to count. And what would happen is the people of Israel, and Gideon was part of that people, they would go and cultivate the soil and plant their crops and, uh, and, and they'd look after their crops. And just when they were about ready to be harvested, after they'd done all the hard work, the Midianites would come in and steal their food. Now that's annoying. You know, I occasionally grow some vegetables and some mangoes in, in my backyard. And when a possum gets into my backyard after I've done all the work and, and wants to steal my food, I want to shoot that cute little possum. Susan won't let me. I throw rocks at it. I let the dog, you know, chase it. But I really want to get a shotgun out and blow it away. You know, the crazy thing is, I don't even like vegetables that much. But I, they're my vegetables. I've done the work. I get to harvest them. It's annoying when, when people come in and steal your food. That same campus pastor down at Ormo has done that a few times with me as well. But... It's annoying. And, uh, and, and Gideon and all of Israel are annoyed, but they're also scared. They're, they're actually so scared of this invading people that they're hiding in the clefts of rocks. They're hiding in caves. They're hiding away. And here, as God shows up to speak his word to Gideon, Gideon is actually hiding in a wine press. He's hiding in the dark so that the Midianites don't steal his sandwiches. He's making his lunch, and he doesn't want these people to steal his food. And he's not even thinking about, you know, defending himself. He's not even thinking about defending, you know, the name of God. He's not thinking about defending the, the, uh, the, the, the nation of Israel and the promised land. He's hiding in a wine press so they don't steal his lunch. And God turns up in Judges chapter 6 and says, Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Or if you know it in the King James, Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. 
That's the word of God to Gideon. But the problem is Gideon's got these other words in his head. Gideon's got a war of words in his head. You see, for the last seven years, all he's seen in front of him is discouragement. And so Gideon's got this discouraging word in his head. This is what it says in verse 14. He's very polite about it, but he argues with God. He argues about the word of God. He says, pardon me, my Lord. Very polite. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Have you ever asked that question yourself? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. You see, there's words of discouragement in his head because of what he's seen for the last seven years. So when the word of God comes and says, Gideon, God is is with you, you're a mighty warrior. This word of discouragement is warring against the word of God in his head. And he's arguing against the word of God. And this happens to all of us when we face discouraging circumstances. We too, like Gideon, We say, if God is good and God is for us, why is all this happening to us? And the word of discouragement kind of drowns out the word of God. Now, in times of discouragement, you have to decide which word you're going to give the most value to. You see, in Scrabble, all the value is predetermined. But when you're facing discouragement, you've got to decide for yourself which word you're going to give the most value to, the word of God or the word of discouragement, and you get to decide which one is going to win. That's your decision. So there's a reason why the most repeated verse in the Bible, the verse that's said more times in the same way than any other verse, is give thanks to the Lord for He is good and His love endures forever. And sometimes it it adds, and his faithfulness throughout the generations. It's the most repeated verse in the Bible. Because God knows that we need to keep being reminded of this. You see, when you face discouragement, if you decide just to keep whinging, discouragement will keep winning. If you just keep whinging about your circumstances... You're giving greater value to that word of discouragement and it will keep winning. And God knows we need to turn our whinging into thanksgiving. And it's as we actually choose to give thanks to God, even in the midst of difficulties that we're facing, that that God's word is given value. God's word has power. and, and And the power of the words of discouragement begin to become diminished in our lives. They don't hold as much value anymore. Some of us have got to choose this morning to quit whinging and to start giving thanks. Because right now, discouragement is the word that's winning. I've even heard people whinge about some of the songs that we sing that are repetitive. Come on, put up your hand if you've... No, don't do that. <laughs> it's, it's true, we've probably all done that at some times. We get sick of singing that song. It's repetitive. I tell you, there's a reason for it. 
There's a reason why God repeats himself in the Psalms. There's a reason why sometimes we need to, to repeat words over and over again. God, you are good. You're a good, good father. You are good all the time. Because there's a discouraging word coming against us. And if we keep whinging, it will win the war of words in our head. You get to decide how much value it has and whether the discouraging word will win or the word of God will win. The Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? You know, Gideon argues, but God won't let up with Gideon. The word of God says, I've given you strength. I'm sending you to go and save my people. But there is still a war going on in his mind. He can't receive the word of God because there are words of insecurity in his mind. God says, I'm sending you. I've given you strength. But this is Gideon's reply, again, he's very polite. He starts with a, pardon me. He says, pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. You see, your insecurity wars against the word of God. You know, the words in Gideon's head are, I can't do it. I'm not strong enough because I am weak. I am not smart enough. I'm part of the dumbest clan in all of Israel. You know, I am not good enough. I can't do this. You see, when God turns up to Gideon and he begins to reveal Gideon's God-given identity, his insecurity rises up and speaks a louder word than God's word. The same thing happens for us. Your insecurity is at war with your identity revealed in God's word. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus, you received a new identity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that uh, you are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. You've received a whole new identity. If you, if you accept what Jesus has done on the cross for you, there's nothing that, that you could have made for yourself. It's nothing that you could have manufactured. It's simply receiving what Jesus has done for you. And in that moment, your identity changes. It changes from sinner to saint, from enemy to friend, from lost to found, from darkness to light, from slave to free, from unrighteous to righteous. You've had an identity change. You see, Gideon's insecurity in this moment, it determined what he believed that God could do in and through him, when God's trying to reveal his new identity, and it happens to all of us, God is speaking to you about who you are, who he's made you to be, what he's called you to do in his strength. 
and we start to say things like, Gideon, but I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough. Our insecurity wars against our identity revealed in God's Word. I've seen this in my life for the last 25 years. Every time God calls me to step into something new, step into something that I haven't done before, my insecurity kicks in. And and I've got to fight that voice of insecurity in my head with the identity that I've been given in Christ. It's actually a choice to put it on, to choose, to, to, to understand who you are in Christ. If there's some of you here this morning and you know that insecurity is speaking a really loud word in your head, you know that you're giving too much value to the word of insecurity in your life, can I encourage you to do something really practical for the next month, for the month of June? Just read Ephesians 1 and 2 every day. It's not the only scripture that talks about our identity in Christ, but it's a very powerful one. Memorize it. You can. You can memorize those two chapters in the next month. Write write them down. Stick them on your mirror when when you go into your bathroom. Stick them on your steering wheel. Stick them anywhere that you're going to see. And just constantly choose to put on this new identity. Because when you get secure in the love of God, you become a warrior for God. You get to win battles. God God, will use you to save people. God will use you to take ground off the enemy. God will use you to win spiritual battles in your own life, in your family, the lives of people around you. And it's not because because of anything necessarily that, that, that you've got to strive for. But as you begin to understand your identity in God, you actually start to take hold of the Word of God. And you understand that it has power and it has power for you, not just the person next to you, but it has power for you and the promises of God are true for you and you can step out in faith and see mighty things happen because you are secure in God's love, you are secure in God's power and it's all about Him and it's not about you anyway. But I tell you, some of you here this morning, you're diminishing what God can do through you because you're allowing that word of insecurity in your mind to have too much value. And it's winning the war. Insecurity. Wars against the word of God. And logic. This one's going to sound a bit strange to some of you. Logic wars against the word of God. I love this next part of Gideon's story. It's an incredible story. Judges chapter 7. Turn to verse 2. It says, The Lord said to Gideon, you got too many men. Now you've got to remember, the Midianites were too vast to count, but they could count the armies, 135,000 in the army. Israel had 32,000 in the army. They're already outnumbered four to one. This defies logic. God says to Gideon, you've got too many men. That doesn't make sense, God. We're outnumbered four to one. He says, I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. They'd say, my own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back, leave Mount Gilead. So listen to this, 22,000 men left. 
There was 22,000 scaredy cats who said, see you later, I'm going home. 10,000 remained. They're now outnumbered 13 to 1. But the Lord said to Gideon, there's still too many men. You've got to be kidding me. God, that doesn't make sense. That's not logical. He says, take them down to the water and I'll thin them out there for you. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog. They're the ones you're to keep. All the normal people, send them home. Keep the weirdos. Keep the dog lappers. Keep the slurpers. You, you, you read it. You read it in the original language and it's actually a word that talks not just about the way they lick water with their tongue, but it's about the noise that they make. You know, like when your kids are little and you tell them to chew with their mouth closed and not slurp their drinks? These are the weirdos who've never stopped doing that. They're drinking water like a dog. They're, they're misfits. They're weirdos. There's only 300 of them left out of 10,000. God says, they're the ones I want. That defies logic. They're now outnumbered 40 to 1. But that's the word of God. And I tell you, there are times where the war that's going on in your mind will be your human reasoning and your human logic at war with the Word of God. And you have to decide how much value you are going to place on each word and which word will win. But can I encourage you this morning? It's really important that the Word of God wins. You see, when, when it's illogical. It's illogical for us as a church to plant two new campuses in the space of three months. That is not logical. But already we've seen miraculous works in people's lives Already we've seen miraculous provision of God making it happen. Because I believe the word that God gave us for this year was that Gateway was going to have twins. And we've seen God do what we never could have organized ourselves. It's illogical for, for Andrew and Anne to walk away from a really good medical practice here in Brisbane and go and open a medical center in Kitkum, Uganda. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's a community that's been ravaged by war for years. It's got everything going against it as a place, as a community. But they heard God speak, and they've stepped out in faith over 17 years. And they've seen God do more than what they could ever dreamed or imagined. Did you hear that this morning? 15,000 people a year are finding healing in Yotcom Medical Center. When that 
Hospital of Hope opens, that number is going to continue to multiply. I wish I could take you there. Nick does a great job with our videos and he, he, he kind of takes us there as much as we can. I love walking into that place. One of our values here at Gateway is to be a refuge, a healing. When I walk onto the land and I talk with the staff and pray with the staff at, at Yachtcom, it's kind of like, this is a refuge of healing. People are finding healing in body, mind and spirit. And we celebrate it now. You know, we cheer now. I know you're all going to give generously to continue to see stuff like this happen uh, around the world. We celebrate it now. But at some point, it was illogical to step out in faith and buy a block of land in the middle of Kitcom, not knowing how it was all going to happen. You know, it's illogical to establish training centres for girls rescued from sex trafficking in Southeast Asia by teaching them cake decorating. I mean, that's illogical. But over the last nine years, we've seen God pour out his favour and bring healing to the lives of so many young girls that are so broken. I tell you, the miracle of God always resonates from it always comes from the revelation of God not from the reason of man the miracle of God it always originates from the revelation of God not the reason not the logic of people some of us have got a little war of words going on in our head we're such rational logical thinkers we hear this word of faith that God is speaking to us and we've got to decide which one we give greater value to and which one's going to win. Fear wars against the word of God. Let me read one last part of Gideon's story. It's a bizarre bit of a story. Come on, sometimes you've just got to laugh with God. I reckon God is laughing in this moment. It says, during the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. He says, if you are afraid, if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they're saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged. If you're afraid, once you hear the word, you're going to have courage to attack. So he and Pura, his servant, went down. They obviously were afraid. There's kind of no question about it. They just went. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the Melekites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. That's a lot of camels. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. Have a listen to this. Tell me that God's not laughing right at this moment. In my dream, a round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, listen to the response, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon. Why? <laughs> a big pizza's rolled down the hill and hit a tent. And immediately his mate says, that's the sword of Gideon. 
That doesn't make sense. But it was the word that Gideon needed to hear. It says, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands, dividing the 300 weirdos that he had left into three companies. He placed trumpets and empty jars in their hands. It's really helpful having an empty jar going into battle. And uh, with torches inside. God knew that Gideon was going to be afraid and he needed to give him an encouraging word that he was going to win the war. I tell you, God's got an encouraging word for some of you today. It might be as bizarre as that, I'm not sure. But God's got an encouraging word for some of you today because he wants you to win the battle that you're in. He wants you to win the war. Hebrews 11 says this, I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel the prophets, who through their faith, not their strength, not their wisdom, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised. They shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. We see here Gideon along with a whole bunch of others, the same situation played out for a whole bunch of others in different ways. By faith, Gideon won an important battle against an evil nation that were at war against the people of God. It wasn't because of his strength, it wasn't because of his wisdom, it was because of his faith in God's word. He gave God's word greater value than every other word and he stepped out in faith and he won the battle. And God is still doing that for us today. His word still gives strength to the weak and the weirdos amongst us to win the battle. If you're weird today, some of you are, God's got an encouraging word for you. He'll use you to do something mighty. If you're feeling weak today, God's got strength for you. He wants to encourage you. He wants, you to, he wants to build you up. He wants you to walk in his strength because he uses the weak and the foolish things of this world you know, to shame the wise and the strong so that those who boast, boast in the Lord. He's still using his word to give strength to the weak and the weirdo to win the battle. And he's not, let me just be clear, he's not calling us to bear arms, he's not calling us, you know, to, to get weapons to defend or to conquer a geographical kingdom, but he's calling every single one of us to fight a spiritual battle to see his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, to see, see King Jesus have his way through his people here on earth as it is in heaven. 2 Corinthians 10 says this, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 
We demolish arguments in our head and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God when we take captive every thought, every word to make it obedient to Christ. You see, we are in a war. You do have an enemy and he wants to take you down. He wants to take your marriage down. He wants to take your family down. He wants to crumble your faith. He wants to destroy your future. You've got a real enemy. But Jesus defeated the enemy on the cross. He defeated Satan on the cross. You know, Jesus took upon himself all of the sin. You know, that's Satan's economy. That's Satan's weapon. If he can get us trapped in sin, we're separated from the love of God. We're separated from the power of God. But on the cross, Jesus took all of our sin, all of the punishment for our sin, everything that once separated us from a good and a loving and powerful God, and he put it to death. He won the victory on the third day. Death couldn't hold him down, but he came back from the dead. He rose from the dead as the conquering king. He is king Jesus, he has a kingdom and he's bringing his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven through his people. You do have an enemy, but all he has the power to do is to lie to you about the victory that Jesus has already won for you. It's all he's got the power to do. He's just a good liar. And that's why there's this constant war of words in our head. You get to decide. What word are you going to give the most value to? What word is going to win? Is it the word of discouragement? The word of insecurity? The word of your own human reasoning and logic? The word of fear? Or is it the word of God? I want to encourage you to make a decision this morning. Whatever battle you're facing, whatever you're going through in your marriage, whatever you're going through in your family, whatever battle you're facing in your faith, whatever, whatever struggle you're facing as you step out in faith to see the dreams God's put in your heart become reality in the future, whatever battle it is that you're facing, make a decision today that the Word of God always wins. The Word of God always wins. In every situation, God's Word's going to have the most value and God's Word is going to give me strength, even if I'm weak, even if I'm a downright weirdo, to win the battle that God's got me in right now. Do any of you know someone that always has to have the last word? Any of you, just put your hand up if you're sitting next to them right now. They might be more godly than you think because... God has the last word. King Jesus has the last word. He, he spoke a word right at the beginning, said, let there be light, and there was a powerful word. It says He sustains all things through His powerful word. Your, word your, your life today is sustained only because Jesus allows it by His word. On the cross, now Jesus came to earth and He was the Word of God revealed to us. He was the living Word. He dwelt among us, revealing God's glory. You know, by His Word, 
The, the winds and the waves stopped by His Word. People were healed by His Word. The, the, the dead were raised. And He had the final word over the power of sin on the cross. As we've already remembered in communion this morning, He has the final word as He breathed His last. He gets the last word and He says, It is finished. Everything that once separated you from my love and my power, my strength is done. It's gone. It's finished. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He gets the last word. He's coming again. And His final word is that when I come, sickness and death will be gone forever. I'm making all things new. Jesus Christ is the King. His word always wins. Always wins. Hey, I want to pray for a bunch of people here this morning. Some of you this morning, you know there's a battle going on for your family. There's a battle going on for your faith. There's a battle going on for your future. And you've got to just choose this morning whether you're going to give God's Word value, power, and the last word. Some of you know this war with insecurity. You know this war with discouragement, you know the war with logic, you know the war with war with fear. But this morning, you want to choose to stand in faith and believe that God's word wins. You know, sometimes we need one another to speak the word of God over each other. It's always brought us together as a family. First Corinthians 14, it says, those who prophesy, those who speak the Word of God. It's a big word, but it just means speaking the Word of God. Do so to encourage, to strengthen, and to comfort. Those who speak in tongues edify or build up themselves, but those who prophesy build up the church. It's one of the beauties of coming together like this is a family. We, we get to take hold of something of the Word of God for each other and speak it over people. Sometimes we need others around us to speak God's Word when we can't quite take a hold of it for ourselves. I'd love us this morning just to spend these last few moments just prophesying over one another, speaking God's words of strength and encouragement and comfort that build up. I, I want, my prayer this morning has been that no one would go home without either giving or receiving an encouraging word, a strengthening word. But what I, want to do, what I want you to do this morning, I'm going to kind of coach you through this a little bit. If you're here, here this morning and, and, and you know there's a war going on, it might, be, it might be discouragement, it might be insecurity, logic or fear, or it might be another word that I haven't used. But this morning you'd just like to say, that, that battle is going on for me, but I'm going to choose to put value on God's Word and let His Word win in my situation this morning. If that's you, what I want to do is I want to get some people to gather around you in a minute, just lay hands on you and just begin to speak the Word of God over you. Some people are just going to feel like the character of God, something of the fruit of the Spirit, just begin to rise up in them. And they're just going to pray simple words, not ubiquitous kind of words, just simple words. Just words about the love and the joy and the peace patience, the gentleness of God. 
Others, other people are going to have like a, a scripture just come to mind. It's going to speak that scripture over you. Others will get weird dreams about pizzas rolling down hills. That's cool too. God uses weird stuff. God, God is going to put a, a, a word in you this morning that's encouraging, it's strengthening, it's comforting. If this morning you just love some people to gather around you, lay a hand on your shoulder and pray for you like that. You don't need to tell your whole story. In fact, I won't let you tell your whole story. I just want you to say a word. This is, this is, this is the word that is, is warring in my head right now. Whether it's discouragement, fear, whatever. But if that's you this morning, can I just get you to stand? Just stand where you are. You know there's a battle going on. Might be a battle for your family, your faith, your future. Stand. You're going to receive something encouraging today. Don't be afraid to stand. You're going to receive something that's going to strengthen you and comfort you. Because others are going to hear the word of God for you in a way that you might not be able to hear for yourself right now. It's going to give you just five more seconds just before people move. Anyone else just need to stand? Just say, That's me. Okay, cool. Can I, get, can I get a bunch of people? Just jump up and just go and stand. If you love Jesus and uh, you love people, just go and stand with someone this morning. Just, just, just wait. Let me, let me walk you through this. But just go and stand with them. Just put a hand on their shoulder or on their back. I need, I need just kind of three or four people to go with everyone. So come on, this is a chance for everyone to play, everyone to get involved, everyone to pray. Okay, what I'd like you to do, if that's you standing, if you can just put in a word the battle that's going on. So whatever it is you're fighting right now, just, just share that word. It's all the others, all the people praying for you need to hear. You just share that. Now, what I'd love everyone standing around you to do, just let the Holy Spirit put something in your heart. As I said, you might feel something of the character of God. You might have something from Scripture come to mind. You might have a a pitch you don't kind of understand until you start to speak it. But just one at a time. Keep it simple. Keep it short. Just begin to speak those words of strength and comfort and encouragement over the people around you. If you're not standing with anyone, just pray. Just pray. Come on. Come on, just pray in this place. Don't do nothing. Just begin to pray. Come on, just speak out just words of encouragement, strength, and comfort over people. Speak them out. Speak them out so they can hear them nice and loud. Pray with faith. Pray with confidence.
keep praying. Come on, just speak. Speak strength and confidence, encouragement into people's hearts this morning. your spirit into our hearts this morning. God, pour out your Holy Spirit, your spirit of power, your spirit of love, your spirit of self-discipline. God, I pray there just be a fresh infilling this morning. God, I pray right now you're just making hearts tender to receive your love and your power. God, would you pour out blessing and favour this morning? God, would you give courage to to withstand, to stand firm in the battle that they're in? God, we pray. I pray this morning for for marriages and families to to receive strength, to, to fight the battle and to win, to see families just come back to a place of peace, a place of forgiveness, a place of grace. God, I pray. I pray that you'd give us strength to stand firm in our faith. God, pour out your love. Pour out your power. In Jesus' name. Hey, we're, going to, we're just going to finish by singing, declaring the power of Jesus this morning. If you've still got just a word to pray for that person you're with, just stay with them. Just keep praying. That's fine as the, uh, as the band leave. But let's all of us stand. Let's declare this morning, the name of Jesus has power in this place. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ or would like us to pray for you, please go to gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know.